On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hello and welcome to The Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, May 31st. We hope you all had a great Memorial Day. Those of you south of the border in the United States put some burgers and hot dogs and all this other stuff on the barbecue and enjoyed a great Memorial Day holiday. Uh, and now we're back to uh, the conference finals, ready to get underway. We've got Game 1 Edmonton, Colorado tonight. And Game 1, the New York Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. And you know what we're also looking forward to? We've got the Dynamic Desert Duo joining us here on the Ice Guys show today. Both at the same time. We were supposed to have Casey Nelson on all along. And then Eddie Lack uh, comes along and says, hey, I know this guy. Uh, let's get us on the same show. So uh, because I'm a great host and a great producer, because I do both jobs, I wear multiple hats here uh, with the Ice Guys, I said, let's make it happen, and here we go. We have Eddie Lack, Casey Nelson, two former NHL players joining us here on the Ice Guys. Casey, Eddie, great to have you. How are things? Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's all good. We're actually we're both in real estate now, right? So we just have had a show show showing here i have a listing and he's got a buyer that we're trying trying to connect here so yeah, yeah. we just figured to 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 uh to be on the show together it'd be fun might as well do it at the listing too so we're here <laughs> we're here after the show in we're uh making our acquaintance here in the house <laughs> yeah exactly you guys get to know what the nhl general managers you know are all about and what they've got to do with close the deal get the deal done yeah exactly now you know a little bit about that so how did you guys meet each other? Was it just as simple as, hey, we're two retired hockey players, two former NHLers. We're selling real estate in the same damn state. Let's be friends. Is it really that simple? Um, So I would say, so I was in Minnesota before this, right, until about seven months ago now. Um, So I was selling real estate in Minnesota, and I have a couple friends here. Um, one of them I used to play with at uh, Mankato. Um, so he's selling real estate here. Um, I knew he was getting his license here uh, before I moved down here. And then I knew that he knew Eddie Lack, um, as well as one other friend of ours um, that would come visit at Mankato. So kind of a Mankato connection. And then they they met Eddie. And then, uh, yeah, we kind of just wanted to join forces. So my wife hates the cold. And she said, hey, let's move down to Arizona. Um, And it was kind of the perfect time, too. So, um, yeah, kind of just 
moved our way across the country and we're here. So yeah, yeah. So my my story is a little different. Uh, the way that I saw it, Casey wanted to come and join my real estate team, and I really needed a good left winger for my beer league team. So I said, "All right, I will let let you join my real estate team, but you're gonna have to play beer, beer league every day." Is there a recruitment? Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, so that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good. Good stuff. So uh, Arizona, I can imagine. Uh, by the way, I just apparently have heard that you guys recently golfed at a round of golf uh, last week or the other day. Who the hell's the better golfer? Here's your chance to state your case. It's not me. I don't golf enough. If I did golf enough. So you're not even putting up a fight in this. No, battle, please, no, you know? <laughs> no. It, yeah, it's not. It's not crazy. It, I'd have to have a good round of golf to really beat him. So. I would say that I have a little bit of an advantage too because I've lived here for 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 four years now, so I've been able to play year round compared to like the two months a year. That you, yeah, yeah, Minnesota. I, <laughs> yeah, I got to turn up. Uh, I got to turn up the frequency that I get out to have any any chance against this guy. So. It's, you're both better than me in that regard when it comes to golf. I mean, I'm just, I, I spend the whole round just looking for my ball in the bushes and in the trees somewhere. It's just basically a gardening expedition yeah. here. Yeah. And now I, and now I have to carry an extra club in my bag for when I go in the desert. So I don't screw up a wedge out there. So that's the <laughs> desert wedge now since I moved here. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave golf to the two of you guys. That's for sure. It's a, you're, you're definitely, uh, you're, you're still worlds and, and eons ahead of where I am, uh, in that regard for sure. Um, you know, what, what was, I, what was I going to say here? Um, I just happened to see, uh, the MSG network had game seven pregame of Rangers hurricanes. You're a countryman, Eddie, uh, and of course, fellow goaltender, Henrik Lundqvist rocking these just, um, I got to imagine they cost a fortune, these suits. I mean, they're unbelievable. Uh, dressed to the tens every fucking time he's on the air. Uh, it's unbelievable. But uh, are you trying to keep up with him in that regard, with the, uh, the the fashion and the clothing? Well, I played a world championship with him, and, like, right after that, I, I kind of decided that I'm never going to be able to keep keep up, you know? So, <laughs> so right then and there, I kind of gave up uh, the story there is he he came for like the quarterfinals or like whatever right so he came in late and and uh, he flew over the Atlantic um, in a tracksuit and everything and what he told us because he like knew that there were gonna be photographers and like media and everything so like ten 10 minutes before they landed he went in the bathroom and like put on his full suit and everything so kind of like then and there i like decided that this guy is way out of my league there's just no shot you're going to be able to keep him up keep up with henrik lundquist with the suits and the wardrobes yeah <laughs> yeah just uh and he's done a great job on television by the way you can tell he's uh knows the game it's a perfect fit for him msg network lifelong ranger uh, it was a great fit for uh, him. Andrew McGinnis, great fit for the Ice Guys show as well, uh, joining us here. Andrew, welcome in and uh, say hello to Eddie Lack, Casey Nelson, our guest. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, good. 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 How are you? Good. Good. Great to meet you. Watched, uh, watched the full career. Yeah. I mean, we it wasn't did. that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a fan. Hey, Elliot Friedman said something on the show last or a couple of nights ago. Or it's like one, it was Anthony Stewart. They were laughing at the guy, Anthony Stewart. 
you know, because he didn't have quite the skill set that some other hockey players. And he said, well, and, and Elliot's trying to back him up. Give him a break. One game in the NHL is good <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and that's true. That's the way you should look at it. Both of you, you know, <laughs> you got more than that, much more than that uh, in terms of games in the NHL. So uh, definitely was a, a good thing to see there. Uh, by the way, and that, that, that wasn't that wasn't meant to be a joke. That was I was being genuine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I know you guys laugh when I say hey. that, but hey, I, I hey, I told my friends I was doing a podcast, and uh, hey, here we go. So uh, you talk about Henrik Lundqvist. Do I, just... I mean he? The guy didn't have any hands. He couldn't skate, but he's like probably one of the most famous people in the hockey world now. Would you say? <laughs> Who was it? Sorry, I missed that. Paul, Paul, Paul Biznasty. Oh, Biznasty. oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's probably he. Let's Started be honest. The team he's team he's probably yeah. made more money with Barstool than he did in his NHL career. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That, that's not even about, a question. Uh, <laughs> you guys talk about Lundqvist. My favorite story I heard about Lundqvist was, uh, I think it was somebody asking him about the All Star. There was like an All Star weekend, like what he was wearing to this certain event, and. Uh, they they showed up and it was supposed to be business casual for the event. And I remember, I can't remember who it was, but then uh, Lundquist said like, dude, there's no such thing as business casual, man. There's no such thing as overdressed. And he's just like full on like suit, no matter where. Is that true about that guy? I mean, is this guy just always overdressed? Yeah, I mean, you can't really overdress, right? So he didn't overdress. No such he- thing as overdressed, I guess. Hank, Hank de- definitely brought his A game every single day. One up. Oh. One up always. <laughs> but you're not going to see me in a suit very often. I don't care what the price of it is. I don't care if it's the most best Armani suit, the best, most fucking expensive suit ever. I'm not wearing it. I'm a I'm a golf shirt, T-shirt guy. I want to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable, man. And I don't find I'm comfortable in suits very often. So that's all you're getting out of me. Back in mini, I definitely dress a little better for showings and stuff. Yeah. But with the heat here, there's just no shot. Oh, it's especially up. if I was in Arizona. Yeah, I'm not up. wearing a suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a lot of agents look a little weird on us, but like, hey, we're dressed up in full like suits, and I'm like, well, yeah, we like wore full, 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 full like suits for games for so long. I'm like, it's 110 outside. I'm not gonna dress up in a suit. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, here I'm sweating by the time I even get there. So, what do you guys think about like the uh, just kind of like the culture around like the rules changing from certain teams about uh, like dress code? I know the Leafs changed. I know like in the NBA, I mean, you have some players wear like sweatpants and hoodies and some players are wearing like suits. Like obviously, like, you know, you, you grow up. Freedom and, like, to wear like, what you want. Is yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's kind of cool like that. Like, you know, you see like hockey players wear like nice suits and stuff like that. But also like to have the, the ability to wear what you want is kind of a cool thing, too. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on the NHL? Like, or certain teams loosening up on that? I, I think it's good for I, I would honestly say it's good for um, guys, I guess, off the ice kind of stuff. So like there's always like, you know, NBA stuff. There's always like accounts and stuff following them just for fashion and stuff you know what i mean yeah. so i would say money off of away from the sport like mm. their image uh with their say their social media accounts stuff like that and getting side deals um i think it's good for that nice. uh, so i mean i would say it's definitely growing the game i mean it's more exposure i mean the more people talking about say austin matthews right he's a big he's a big fashion guy so i mean more people talking about it, um, yeah. I guess more people see it. So um, it's definitely can't hurt the game. That's for sure. 
the NBA took it like a little bit one step too far. <laughs> Russell Westbrook's outfits are a little Certain bit. Players a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know that you can wear whatever you want, but like, do you really want to wear that? Do you, you really know? want to wear a onesie? I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. I grew up, I grew up playing basketball, but like, pretty much for a living, I talk hockey on podcasts. Uh, I watched hockey and like pretty much like you know broke down games more. I find it ridiculous that my friends at like young ages, you know, you're like eight, nine, ten years old, and you're wearing a suit or like you know dress shirt and tie. It's like that hockey culture, and I'm like, why the hell do you guys are you guys as coaches? Who's in the stands besides your parents? Like you're nine years old, you know, like and the coaches are telling them, well, it's just to like practice good habits for like major junior or for like prep school and stuff, but like. I don't know, man. I think it's kind of weird. These kids are like 10 years old and their their coaches getting, are making them wear ties. They're getting recruited so damn young now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The only one that's upset about this is Don Cherry. Don Cherry's just just <laughs> doing he's just losing it. He's losing his shit over this. That well, these they're not wearing any suits anymore. What the hell are these young kids these days? Yeah. Don, this that would be bothering Don Cherry. Don Cherry's always been a fucking stickler for wear the suit, wear the tie, look like a good Canadian boy. Look like that good oh. Canadian boy there. <laughs> love to see oh his closet. I love it when like the NBA guys. They like take like digs on the players that they're gonna play 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 against. I mean, wasn't it like Draymond Green that wore like a jer jer jersey of an old ex of like the team that he was gonna play against and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. Th things like that is like fun to me too. More yeah, more personality, right? Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to say something real quick about Don Cherry since Ian mentioned him. I saw there was a, a show in Canada there. Somebody had like an interview one on one with Don Cherry. And I thought this was a joke. I thought it was 100% going to be a joke. Apparently, he got some of his uh, suit designs at a curtain shop. No joke. <laughs> like where you buy like curtains, like or like uh, shower curtains talking. and stuff. Have you seen some of those suits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I swear to God, like he said that like, he'd go in there and then they'd be like, "That looks pretty cool." And then he would turn that into a like a suit. To, like imagine like you're like you're you're you buy a shower curtain. You like walk in, you're like okay, and then that's just with this guy's suit. <laughs> well, I said to a buddy of mine years ago, Don Cherry wears nothing but curtains and bed sheets as suits. You know, oh, essentially, yeah. that's that's what he's got. That's what he's rocking. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh. By the way, Don, we hope he's doing well. We know he's been off television for a while, but uh, hopefully all's well. All right, Casey. Um, sorry, uh, I apologize as a Sabers fan for the shit show and shit storm you dealt with there uh, when you played there. It's nice to at least see they finished this season strong. That the organization looks like it's going uh, in a little bit of a better direction. But uh, we got memory lane. We haven't done memory lane with every player recently, but you two have got a lot of highlight clips that we found. So we got some memory lane shit for both of you. We're going to start with you, uh, Casey Nelson, a memory that I'm sure stands out uh, in your mind uh, from the uh, past year. Let me just bring it up on the uh, queue here. All right, here we go. Bumping along the attack, another shorthanded chance, rushing up the ice. Nelson stopped by Bernier. I love how you're all teeth are in this. You're just laughing. And another shorthanded goal by the Sabres. They have a pair of them tonight. They trail it by one. Now, okay. now, didn't I roll out the red carpet for you or what? 
with that highlight reel <laughs> with that oh, clip. Penalty kill, and I do a wraparound. I get a wraparound chance on the penalty kill for my first <laughs> for my first NHL goal. He is celebrating the same in beer league too. I can confirm. Same. Same Sally. Exact yeah. same. <laughs> you got to get it. Yeah. I'm always getting up in the plan. That the knee too. up and like the two fist bumps. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, like that is a highlight reel in itself. Yeah. Well, you know, like some of the goals you see people score for their first, like is not good. So like when, when you hear the commentators get excited about someone's first goal and they say yeah. like, this is one they'll remember. I mean, some of the some of the goals people score for their first are like off a leg, you know, like they weren't even looking or like a you know a weird goal. That's a pretty nice one. So yeah. that he bounced off of. If you look at it close, Eric Johnson sliding into the goal this way. So I actually bounced it off of Eric Johnson and. Oh jeez! Now, now you ruined the whole but, thing. Uh, like, you but, wouldn't have actually seen it that clearly cut, on the live shot. Cut, cut, start hey, over. Hey, yeah, yeah. Cut, cut, or, cut. It's good because there's like four abs players, and then it's me right there. You know what I mean? In the same shot. Yeah. No, it was good. That was, was pretty. We didn't win that game, of course. So. You didn't win much when you were there. What's the matter with you? The Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Eddie, we didn't forget about you. Uh, we do have uh, something of your uh, and some some of your work uh, from the uh, past. Let's see what we got in the uh, treasure chest for uh, Eddie Lack from the uh, past. Here we go. Michael Furlan in the skate, and Furlan got another piece of ether. Here's a giveaway. Jones, what a save by Eddie Lack. That's bailing out your teammate right there. What a fucking horrible give Tanev, and I've been praising him for the way he's played in Calgary this year, and that's the guy that did it. Stare him down. Stare him down after the save. Pretty impressive. Like a goalie's best friend, and then he doesn't do something like that. Like, yep, yep. I always knew he had a thing for me. Yeah, yeah. He wanted me out of there. That was my last game as a Canuck, I think, too. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Eddie didn't just fight pucks in his career. He fought his paraphernalia and equipment at times, too. (laughs) Each other uh, briefly after the game, and, uh, you know, we keep in touch, but this is a chance to actually see each other and – no, look forward to that, uh, you know, that 15, 20 minutes that you get afterwards. I mean, that's not a lot of time, but uh, no. Nice. no, I didn't even know I was on camera. That was Eddie Lack in the background. Never mind what Ryan Miller's a great career, of course, but Uh-oh. never mind Ryan Miller. The, 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 what the, 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 the part that you needed to be concerned about was in the background there. Uh, Eddie Lack, apparently, uh, Eddie versus Shirt, and Shirt won that battle, uh, apparently, Eddie. Yeah, what happened we- there? No. No. <laughs> no, he's never won that bad. No. No. I mean, you've been sit- sitting on the bench for like three three hours. You were sweating and it dried up, and it's just like I mean, everything's just sticking to you. It's a uh, yeah, <laughs> the shirt always won. All right, great stuff. I mean, what's go. it like when you see that? You're probably like, are are you mad? Like, because sometimes you probably just have no idea what not mad, but like what like when there's a camera on you, you know, like you guys probably have so many cameras around you well, all the time, the but probably has no fucking clue. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure it's, it's like, probably, you know, now like it's been 10 years and I'm thinking back, I'm like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> Someone on YouTube, and I just when I was putting these clips together for the show here with YouTube joining us. Someone on YouTube added the quote on the YouTube channel with one of Eddie Lack. I guess it was t- discussion topic was on you and your career. The weird career of Eddie Lack. The weird career. 
uh, of Eddie Lack. How about you, the man himself? Did you find that it was weird? Do you agree with that? I mean, I just went through all the emotions thing and being hurt and playing hurt. I mean, uh, I, I did, didn't have one game in NHL where I felt like, oh my God, I'm like a hundred percent, you know, like I had my first, first hip surgery in the off season before I went up to like the NHL. And then I came back and I felt good for like tra- training camp and kind of good for like the start of the season and then uh, about one and a half months in i started feeling like pain and discomfort in like the other hip right and i'm like well i'm not gonna go through all of like what i did now and then like loot loot loose like my spot to some someone else and everything like that so i just wanted to uh work through it you know and 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 um the de- de- dealing with that pain for like five six years and it kept getting worse and worse and worse it was just like when i had my sec- sec- second sur- surgery uh, i told myself that if i'm not a hundred percent i'm not gonna like force it and come back and and i'm not feeling like i'm at my absolute best we're shutting it down right no exactly so so like the the decision was kind of easy for me uh like my my body made made the decision for me but i'm always wondering like hey what what if i didn't have these issues and everything like that because like nowhere in my mind did i think that i like lived up to my full potential you know like 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 now when i'm 34 is probably the time where i would hit hit my my peak you know and so that's like the only thing that i'm kind of wondering and like sitting back some sometimes you know i gotta ask a question here Ian. like how important was it for you to stay involved in the sport you know i know some hockey players that it's just been part of your life since you're like five years old once your career is over, you just kind of wrap things up. And I know some people don't even watch the game. How important was it for you to, to stay involved with the game of hockey? Yeah, I mean, hockey's been the thing that I loved from um, I was five, six years old. And 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 pretty much up until the, this last two and a half years here, I mean, hockey was the only thing that I knew. Uh, so... Uh, it was important for me to 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 stay within the game, especially during this transition period and everything, because because like hockey Eddie was the only Eddie that that I knew. So 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 yeah, uh, had had having the gig with ASU and 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 uh, be being there for like practices a few times a week and everything like that. That was uh, that was. Uh, important for me because i still felt like uh, like like myself i guess yeah, that's a good question andrew well done um uh what was i going to say when eddie mentioned he's 34 i just i had to you know I, I just stunned by that i'm older than everybody now what the hell's going on here is there anybody <laughs> is there anybody older than me now how I mean, old are you Ian? i'm going to be 37 in uh a month or two Jeez. two months yeah still a young buck yeah well tell my body that 
Jeez, tell my expanding an, waistline. You're an, you're an old man. You talk about Eddie trying okay, to put the damn dude, Okay, hold on, hold on, guys. Hold on, hold on. This guy on the top left of the screen can never say an expanding waistline. I'm not going to ask you how much you weigh, Ian, but I know you're not. It's you can't weight. talk about weight. You can't talk about weight. I drink like weight. two, three beers a day now. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 that's what it's, it, it is. I mean, I, I'm skinny growing up. I get that. And I've been that way most of my life. But it's getting there. It's getting there. Me putting on G seriously, me putting on a pair of pants and jeans the other day was like Eddie trying to get the shirt off. I mean, <laughs> it was difficult. It's hard. It's tricky now. And it's because of the beer I'm drinking. And it's, I, I'm positive of that. That, that many, and that's wet coming out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's his excuse. That's it. All right. Awesome. All right, guys, let's get into some NHL. Uh, right now, uh, talk a little bit about the, we'll get to the conference finals in a sec. Just briefly, let's put a nice little bow on the uh, Rangers and the Hurricanes last night. Although it's not a nice little bow for me uh, or Andrew, for that matter, from a betting standpoint. I mean, I had Carolina to win the series uh, and plus and game one was a combo at plus 105. It was a great price uh, on that. I thought that was better than laying a buck 90 with Carolina in the series price. And Andrew liked uh, the uh, Carolina in specifically in the series, but specifically last night in Game Seven in division. All all you can do if you're Carolina and you're a fan of them or a backer of them is tip your cap to the Rangers and Igor Shesterkin. I mean, just an absolutely outstanding job uh, that he did throughout that uh, series, throughout the playoffs. He's been magnificent in that. Uh, he was difference for a large part of that series. And for the Carolina Hurricanes, you can't have your special teams go to shit. This is you this uh, is down me. the stretch of that series. You know, we really saw the uh, Carolina Hurricanes special teams falter. Uh, and it's a situation where, you know, that's what was the difference in the end. You know, we had the uh, penalty kill, which was number one all year for the Hurricanes. They give up, multi, what, four or five straight games. The Rangers score a power play goal. And the Carolina Hurricanes were one of the league leaders in penalties all year. They never corrected it. They're always in the penalty box. It's been the one flaw they had all year, but the penalty kill was so strong, you never noticed all the penalties they took because they killed off every one. You know, it was that good. And then in that series, though, against the Rangers, whether it was a Banajad, Kreider, uh, you know, Adam Fox with a big power play goal to get the game started last night, the penalty kill just sucked at the worst possible time for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and now they're going home and the New York Rangers are moving on to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and credit to them. Uh, and Igor Shosturk and, and Andre Vasilevsky is going to be one hell of a goaltending duel uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Eddie, for sure, I know will appreciate uh, what we could be seeing there with the uh, goaltending matchup coming up in the East Finals. So, guys, I'll throw it to you. Casey, uh, Eddie, thoughts on uh, the Rangers moving on past Carolina? Um, I mean, they came out. I mean, it's tough to come back after being down pretty damn quick. So um, I think up until that game seven, every every home team won the game, right, in that series? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's I, I did pick Rangers to win that game seven. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think going off of that game six, it's – that's a lot of momentum, and obviously you're going back home to try to finish it off for Carolina there, but I, I don't know. I, I think Rangers have just been solid, too solid. They have been, and, they gotten, and the special teams was phenomenal for them. It was not good for Carolina, and Sturkin was better than Ronta, especially toward the end of that series uh, as well. Eddie, what did you think in, uh, of that one? 
Yeah, I mean, I had Carolina early too. I had them to win the series as well. Uh, I I just think uh, I don't know what kind of horseshoe the Rangers have had up their ass entire season. I almost feel like here. There's but, a lot of people that think that that they're you know riding a yeah. magic carpet right now. Yeah, and 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 and. A lot of the times, that's what a good goalie does to your team too. And 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 uh, Igor has been phenomenal this these like three years or like four years he's been in the league now. Three, 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 I think now. But but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're 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 in for a really tough task ahead of them. But yeah, I was really hoping for for. Care- Carolina to pull through yesterday. Yeah, there is a silver lining though to Carolina losing. I did have preseason, and I said this on Twitter because I, you know, I sent it out to all my clients uh, in October. Uh, was the New York Rangers to win the East and the Stanley Cup? That's the good news. It's still alive. Ten to one to win the East, uh, twenty to one odds to win the Stanley Cup. That's the good news. The bad news is who you're about to play. Uh, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, which is going to be uh, a very uh, difficult task for the Rangers. But with Shesterkin playing as well as he is right now, who knows? Uh, maybe they can make it a very, very uh, interesting series against the uh, Lightning just by, with that, especially with you see the way Fox is playing on the blue. Philip Heedle, what a series for him. The young kids are getting better. New York, and don't sleep on Gerard Gallant. What a coach. How are you doing, Vegas? You let the yeah. guy go. <laughs> uh, you know, when you had a what a five game losing streak, you let the guy go, and now look what he's doing here with the uh, New York Rangers. Stupid, uh, it was that day that it happened. I've been screaming and yelling about it for years, <laughs> and I'll never forget the Golden Knights' stupidity there getting rid of Gerard Gallant. Foolish, absurd that they fired him when they did. I don't think too many people agreed with that move. I mean, not even agreed, but I think I, I would say the large majority of people knew that he was going to do good things wherever he went after yeah. that. Good quality coach. Look what he did. Florida turned him around instantly. Vegas, year one, Stanley Cup final, good instantly. And New York Rangers, one year. This is his first year there. They're not supposed to be in the conference finals this year. They're way ahead of schedule. And Gerard Gallant, big part of it. Andrew, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I like what you guys said about just the fact that, you know, you get two power play opportunities in the first period capitalize on both. One of them was in the trailing seconds of, I think like six or seven seconds remaining in the power play. And in a series like that, with how many low scoring games we saw, obviously yesterday didn't result in a low scoring game, but in that series in general, you give any team a two goal lead. Uh, that's a big cushion, you know, maybe not if it was a, you know, Colorado, St. Louis or you know, Edmonton, Calgary, that's not a big cushion. But in a series like that, a two-goal lead feels like almost like a four-goal lead with the goaltending we saw and the defenseman we saw. So, you know, when I saw that happen at someone that was on the Carolina Hurricanes, I thought, hey, the Rangers' momentum is in their favor. But also, just with that lead, they can change the way they can play. But also, I'll be honest, like, I was a little bit surprised at Carolina, kind of what they did on their power play. They didn't get anything out to the wings. It was all shots from the point, trying to get some, you know, tips in front of the net and stuff like that. But I, I really don't think they made things difficult for for Igor Shosturkin. Like he had a great game. Don't get me wrong, but I really don't think Carolina made it that difficult for him. Um, and that surprised me a little bit. You know, I understand. This is why we always talk about shot quality versus shot quantity, right? 
I almost yeah. would have rather them limit some of those shots or, you know, get a little bit fewer shots, but create a few more opportunities. And uh, I'm sure you guys as players, like you hear in the, in, in the arena all the time, like the fans yelling, like, shoot it, shoot it. I hate when I'm at a game watching and fans yell that they don't know what they're talking about. They just, you know, and what shoot like, into a pair of shin pads. Yeah. That's what you want them to do. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday. I mean, there, how many shots did Carolina have that were probably, you know, right to the glove or right to the chest protector. It's easier to say that now, but uh, you know, I tweeted out yesterday and, and uh, I kind of got some shit for it. Cause it's a little bit of a different comparison uh, guys. I, I'm a Canadians fan. So I tweeted out, you know, this Rangers runs kind of reminded me of the Canadians last year. And people were like, dude, the Habs were horrible until the playoffs. And the Rangers are a 110 point team this year. But when it comes down to it, like, you know, we don't talk advanced analytical numbers that much on the show, but we do sometimes. And yesterday I ran through all those numbers. Carolina was supposed to win game six, believe yeah. it or not. And, and, you know, they lost five, two. All the advanced numbers pointed Dude, towards Carolina. Sorry? They were supposed to win game three, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, it, sometimes you look at it, and that's what that's what it was like with Montreal last year. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm a Canadiens fan, but in some of those games they played in against both Vegas and Toronto, maybe not against Winnipeg, but they weren't supposed to win those. But when you have a hot goalie and you take advantage of the chances you get, that's what happens, you know? A goalie makes big saves. Two power plays in the first period, boom, you're up two nothing. I mean, those are bonehead mistakes too, like a, a too many men penalty in a game seven. Are you kidding me? That just can't happen. No, it yeah. can't. That quick start, there's that stuff to come back. Yeah, it is. yeah. I well, mean, I, what what do you guys think about people that say like they don't have a superstar type thing? Because I'm like a big believer in like how important depth is in hockey. I just think, you know, it's not like basketball where you have the big three, you know, but people were kind of saying that about Carolina. They don't really have that superstar. And even like a score like Ajo had a really quiet series. What do you guys think about that? Because I always say that if you really care about superstars, you know, what's going on with the Leafs and Matthews? You know, what about McDavid until this year and the Oilers? I, I think that it's all about being well-rounded. Like, do you, do you guys agree that people are saying, well, Carolina didn't have any superstars, so that was the difference? Yeah. I, I would say, because, I mean, if your superstar is not clicking, right, well, who is going to score then? Then yeah. have three lines, say, that can score, and say maybe one of the lines isn't clicking or two is not. I mean, you still have, you know what I mean? You still have well-rounded guys that can score. Yeah. I mean, in their, all their lines can score. So, I mean, yeah. Um, I would say, especially in playoffs, I mean, that's that's 100% where they're going to, I guess, gain gain those leads. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. if, if your superstar yeah. is out of it, and they might be snake-bitten for a whole series. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, I wouldn't call uh, Ajo and those guys su superstars yet. I mean, they're mm -hmm. really 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 good talented players and and like i mean the the stats and everything that they put up in like the last years it's like right on the edge to like superstar st st stats right right, right. Uh, superstars or not I'm, i mean it's like K casey said you need your best players to be your best players and and 
I don't think that was the case. And uh, Carolina w- was like really, really good for like three fourths of the season. I didn't really feel that they were really good for for the last little bit, and I don't really feel that they played up to their true true potential in the first mm-hmm. round against Boston either. But yeah. I was kind of hoping that I was going to click eventually, but 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 yeah, obviously it didn't. And then Luke. Losing their all-star goalie is not going to help either. No. And then losing their second goalie as well doesn't help, you know. But and then Zabinijed, Kreider, those guys. I mean, I love that expression you said. You know, your best players have to be your best players. Yesterday, yeah. the Rangers' best players were better than than the Carolina Hurricanes' best players. It's yeah. unfortunate with the goaltending situation, but at the same time, if you're Carolina. You knew what you were getting into when you signed Frederick Anderson last year. You knew what you were getting into. I mean, Toronto felt the same pain. I mean, and now you felt it this year. I'm sorry to say this. He takes a decade to heal up from injuries. You know, that's what we're looking at right now with Freddie. I mean, it's it's a situation right now where it's tough for him. He, he's a slow. He, he never they just kept saying he was skating. He was skating. He was skating. But he never got to the point where he was really close to returning you know, to yeah. game action. And now you're in a tough spot. Ranta has been a a goalie that's started, what, maybe 10, 15, 20 games a year, who's been in and out with injuries, who's now in his mid to late 30s, who's now being asked to play, what, 12 consecutive playoff games uh, like he has. And I think he kind of hit a bit of a wall, you know, where when you're not used to kind of playing that many games in a row, yeah, it affects you a little bit. And I think that's kind of what had happened here with uh, Carolina with anti anti Ranta was great. I mean, he did everything he could. Yeah. I thought he was very good early in the playoffs, but I think maybe the number of games he played consecutively uh, maybe caught up to him uh, a little bit. But yeah, disappointing because I think we all thought high expectations. What's disappointing to me too, guys, is game seven specifically. Andrew brought it up. Game six, high danger chances all over the place for them uh, against the Rangers. Game three, Eddie, you mentioned it. You know They had the better of the play, expected goals, high danger chances, all those advanced numbers that you look at. Game seven, though, no second and third chance opportunities. Where's the rebounds? Where's the second looks? Where's the traffic in front of the net last yeah. night? I never saw any of it. Igor Shesterkin's just picking cherries all night. He's going to stop everything when he sees it from the blue line like that. He's great at looking around the defenseman, you know, peeking, peeking around, looking for the puck coming in. He's phenomenal with that. And it was just too easy for him last night. I agree. I agree. Yep, no doubt. Um, Let's move on now to... Uh, actually, you know what? We have a, a couple questions. I don't want to ignore the questions. We've got Eddie here. Some people have questions, people watching uh, in our chat. Uh, there was one that was uh, earlier that I'm going to see if I can find it here, scroll up a little bit. But we do have someone that asked a, a question here for uh, Eddie in terms of, uh, yeah, the uh, heritage. Uh, hold on one thing. Let me see, I'll see if I can. There we go. Eight years ago, Rich H. I think he's a Canucks fan. Pretty sure he is. Uh, Eddie started the Heritage Classic over Roberto Luongo. I wonder if he has any other classic torts stories that he can share. Of course, John Tortorella, who apparently might be the next Flyers head coach. Well, at least he's being interviewed. Eddie, any tort stories? I'm sure you got to have one. I mean, my my favorite tort tor- tor- story, I think, uh, is uh, we played against the D- D- Detroit away and we lost one one nothing. We we were like completely flat and. Um, Torts had a post-game interview after, and like Torts and David Booth were 
they were so like on top of each other all the time and 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 like that that entire year was like a battle between those two but towards towards went out in a scrum he 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 said uh david booth was our best player today it's really good for david booth but really bad for our team <laughs> wow so so Poor david yeah. booth that was one the- that was one of my like fa- fa- favorite with 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 towards uh, another one with with towards and boother as well uh, so towards had this spe- special rule that like if it was a one o'clock meeting, the meeting could start anytime as seven minutes early, or it could actually start 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 on time. But the meeting started when Torts came in the room, right? <laughs> so uh, David, oh, did we lose him? Oh my I, god! I, right in the middle of I another. Think it's oh, a there we go. We're the back. Phone call or something came in. Busy man. Yeah, yeah. So. David had had this like warm up routine and everything that was like he had to take it mat take advantage of like every single minute to get warm. So like before tor- tor- towards me- meetings and everything, he was laying in the middle of the room. He was doing sit ups and everything, and everyone was just sitting there wait- waiting. Right. Uh, so one time he was. Torts came early, so like the meeting started like six six minutes early, but it was on Torts time. So so right, and Boother came in like 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 one or two minutes before one, and and tor- Torts. But it was past lost, Torts time, right? Lost it. He was like, "Get the fuck out!" and and. Uh, Boother was like, "No, no, I'm not leaving." <laughs> and Torts oh, is like five foot, like seven, five foot six maybe, and Boother's like six three. So they just went back and forth at it, and like Torts was like trying to carry Boother out of like meeting <laughs> and everything, and everyone just. Are dying laughing. It's like just trying to like pick him up and lift him out of the room. <laughs> trying to pick him up and like Boother's like two hundred and forty pounds, right? He's like pure muscle and like towards is like five six. Like yeah, yeah, that was funny. That's also me trying to lift anything. Uh, by the way, <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, that. That's absolutely <laughs> that's hilarious. So, but now basically, which uh, you've confirmed for me, Eddie, is the next show that I've got to try to put together with the two guys in the same room, are David Booth and John Tortorella here on the Ice Guys. We'll see if <laughs> see if we can make that happen uh, at some point. But no, that's that's unbelievable. So, David Booth, by the way, he had a good career for a bit. Florida, he had some nice time there. Detroit, Vancouver, uh, for a bit, and uh, he's been retired for a while now. Very hard worker, like extremely. Yeah, definitely he was. Speaking of hard workers and uh, and uh, great skill, uh, see that's I was I'm I'm the king of segways. I didn't I was fucked that one up. Sorry, I I, did, I didn't get I, I didn't bring my best there uh, with hey, that potential segue. Uh, both yeah. these teams probably have some hard workers on them. Edmonton and Colorado. Let's go. They probably do. Game one, here it is. It's the series we're all clamoring for. 
Edmonton Oilers, Colorado Avalanche. We've got Colorado minus 180 home favorites here in game one. Uh, they are even bigger favorites than that uh, for the series. Minus 240 uh, they are for the series. Total is seven here in game one. And like I said, I'm petrified to bet the under in this series. I really am with the firepower uh, that we have seen from both of these teams. Um, I like what Nathan McKinnon said yesterday. And because this is a pet peeve of mine, I've said this before. This is we are excited for the individual matchup, no question. Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, of course. Who wouldn't be excited about that? But I like what he said. Don't bring this Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid shit around me. Don't bring that rhetoric around me. This is the Edmonton Oilers versus the Colorado Avalanche. You know, this is a team game at the end. He says, I don't pay attention to that. And that's always my pet peeve. Whenever Washington plays Pittsburgh, the networks, what are they saying? Crosby versus Ovechkin, right? All the time, every time. No, Penguins versus Capitals. It is it is a team game, uh, after all. Uh, and I'm glad Nathan McKinnon agrees with me with that. This should be phenomenal. I think in game one, you guys, and I'll ask uh, Casey and Eddie, see if they agree. I think Edmonton's got some things that worry me in game one. First of all, going on the road and going from playing Calgary and L.A., especially Calgary, in terms of the stylistic matchup. When you look at the Calgary Flames, how often do they activate the defensemen? How often are the defensemen pinching, joining the play, joining the rush? Not as often. Now you go to Colorado, and you've got six very, very strong skating defensemen, one through six, of led by Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram, who's getting a lot more ice time now with Sam Girard out for the season. He's going to get power play minutes as well. This is a team that is really going to test that Oilers blue line. And I still look at that Edmonton blue line, you guys. And I love Darnell Nurse, Hamilton boy, uh, like me. Uh, he's he's been absolutely terrific, but after that, Cody Cece has played better than I expected. Can he keep this going? Evan Bouchard, more of an offensive-minded defenseman. Same with Tyson Barry, Duncan Keith. At this stage of his career, can he keep up with what Colorado is going to bring? Brett Kulak is a you know a depth defenseman. How's he going to handle this Colorado team? I think you know when you look at it, the fact that Colorado is a five-man attack all over the ice at all times. That's something totally different for Edmonton than what they saw from Calgary. And I think it could be a little bit of an adjustment. And the other thing, too, is Edmonton feasted on, you know what, turnovers and odd man rushes and transition game and rush chances. They just crushed Calgary, converting on those. While Calgary's not as adept as Colorado, at least in my opinion, to get back in position when Edmonton's attacking off the rush. They've got they, they, all these guys can skate like the wind, you know, Kale McCarr. Byram, Taves, go on down the list. So Edmonton, I don't think, is going to get those chances off the rush, even if Colorado does turn the puck over at times in the neutral zone like Calgary did. I think it's going to be easier for them to get back and try to be in good position defensively against this Edmonton team. I think it's going to be a long series, competitive series, back and forth. I'm going to take Colorado to win game one and the series. This is what I tried with Carolina in the last round. It fell short. I'm going to take it here at minus 120. Uh, Colorado to win game one and the series at minus 120. Uh, as far as the total goes, I like the over, but I'm going to wait to see if I can get a better number with it live in game. And we do have our BetCast tonight live at 8 p.m. Eastern for game one. So join us on the BetCast and I will, and you'll see I'm going to look for a better number with the over uh, in game here when it comes to uh, Oilers and Avs game one. So that's how I'm approaching it. Uh, let's go to our guests at Casey. Uh, Eddie, what do you think? Game one tonight, Western Conference final and the series overall. Um, 
You know what? I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going with Edmonton in game one here. But I'm going with Colorado for the series. Change it up. So- uh, I – I'm not as impressed by Colorado as everyone else is. Like, everyone else has thought that they would just breeze through and win the Stanley Cup. I mean, they they breeze through Nashville, who lost their best player before the playoffs, like, in Juicy Sorrows. So, um, they had to bat back backup issues they play their third string in like almost entire series right so i don't i don't uh, i don't think colorado's as good as everyone thinks i mean they were having issues with st louis as well uh, and i i'm gonna go off the board i'm gonna go edmonton in seven i think like when when you have the best player probably in the last 30 years in NHL, I mean, you seem to find, find, find a way. So I'm going to go with Edmonton in seven. There is a little, there is a little notion that, you know, what's that NBA basketball way of winning in the playoffs? The yeah. superstar carries the team right to a series win. And it happens all the time in the NBA. I never truly bought into that all these years in the NHL. It was more of a team game. Everybody had to play well, but Connor McDavid's different. You know, he's so freaking uh, fucking unbelievable with what he's done. What did he have? 23 points in 10 playoff games or something like that? 2.3 points per playoff game? That's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts. You know, he is that kind of special breed where he could actually carry a team to a victory in a series. You know, because I've never seen anything like this from him. Just his ability to impact the game and dominate at all times in every shift. He's making things happen. He's setting his teammates up. He's scoring. Something's happening with yeah. him on the ice. I, I don't think he's going to get touched as much as he did, like physically, like against Calgary. Because I mean, Calgary at times, I mean, not necessarily purely McDavid getting, get I guess, being hard on him, but just just to go through that somewhat of a hard series, kind of a more of a battle, right? Yeah. So I think I think yeah, it's he might. I mean, he's got better skating defensemen. He's got to go against now, but are they going to be as hard on him? I, probably not. That, that there's an argument there, maybe a little bit more of a physicality bent, if you will, to the Calgary blue line compared to uh, Colorado. That 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 is possible. I think skating wise, they can do a better job. Colorado keeping up with Edmonton, but you're right. Can they, are they going to mash them through the boards, or are they going to you know have that opportunity to take some physical liberties with McDavid, Drysital, Kane, you know Hyman, you know all these players that have done significant damage for the Oilers. It's an interesting. Uh, question for sure see you always have to have a plan of attack going into a series and that's especially at this time of year when it's so tough you know all these teams are good so my thought was Colorado tonight just because it could be an an Edmonton initially a little bit of a shock you know going from Calgary to Colorado but if Colorado wins tonight and I and we cash in with them I'll, I'll probably be on Edmonton quite honestly in game two because we did see remember the Blues beating Colorado in game two in Denver in the last series after a game one loss. So, and I think betting the losing team in the next game in both of these series, that could be a good way to approach it with both conference finals, in my opinion. Uh, and we know Tampa off a loss is just untouchable and we'll get to Tampa. that in a sec. Andrew, uh, you know, yeah, Eddie, one more thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Tampa is just like another level. I mean, I watched the last period against 
game game seven there with the leaves. Like, I mean, even when it was 12 mi minutes left, I mean, there was no way that Toronto was going to win that game. I mean, Tampa just looked so confident and Toronto looked nervous that they were going to blew it again, which they did. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's Tampa knows how to win. And when you're up two, two, one or one, nothing or like whatever, and you get to have, Vasilevsky out there you get to put Hedman out there I mean yeah. it's it's really tough to play against them when they're up no doubt about that no question about that we'll get your thoughts uh Casey and Eddie on the Eastern final in just a second before we wrap up the uh, show but Andrew we'll go to you here for the West here Edmonton Colorado game one in the series what do you like well I think you know to to kind of what Eddie was saying about St. Louis I think a lot of people's opinion on Colorado in this one should really be based on how much respect they have for St. Louis. You know, if you really think St. Louis is a good team, then you give them credit and you think, you know what, Colorado battled through and they got it done in six. And if you don't think St. Louis is as good as they looked, then, you know, you're disappointed in Colorado and say, Hey, even though they won in six, they didn't play their best. And I think that's kind of like two sides to that coin. Um, but when it comes down to it, Colorado kind of, you know, got over that hump. Uh, here they are in the conference finals but when I look at them, you know, the fact of the matter is there was a game they played in where Nathan McKinnon, of course, you know, I follow him quite a bit being from uh, Nova Scotia and had a hat trick and they didn't win that game. How, do, how does your best player score a hattie and you lose the game? You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff is worrisome. And I think that I talked at nauseum about how much uh, depth I thought was on Colorado with you know, Nachushkin, Kadri, Ranton, and, you know, I mean, it's not really depth. They're all great players, but um, of course, McKinnon and Landeskog up there and they add Arturi Lekkanen at the deadline, but it didn't really seem like they had that. Actually, for a lot of that St. Louis series, it really was their top guys or nothing. Um, so I'm interested to see, but I think that a point that you made about the blue liners is a big deal, uh, which is why actually one of my favorite bets tonight um, might surprise some people, but is uh, Devon Tays to get a point at minus 130. Um, you know, he's on the, the pairing, defensive pairings with Kale McCarr, who you yeah. get just horrible odds on him to get a point. The guy gets almost a goal a game for a defenseman. Um, but 